Welcome to 2024. We are going to talk about the Seattle Mariners New Year's resolutions for this year, as well as our favorite moments from 2023, and then we'll reflect a little bit on the Mariner Mojo channel as a whole. Welcome to episode 48 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm here with Joe, and Joe, happy new year, man. Happy new year, Colton. Happy to be here. Uh, totally on January 1st, as we know so well. Um, it It's unbelievable. You know, we're already in the new year. It went by in a flash. Wish there was a bit more, I think, pertinent Mariners news to talk about. Nothing really happened since the Mitch Garver signing. There was no, you know, New Year's Eve shenanigans that Jerry and co <laughs> wanted to pull off like they pulled off on Christmas Eve. But that's okay, right? Because, time. I mean, sure, I guess, you know, the night is young. The night is young for some people. But with how the roster is constructed right now, I think it's safe to say that there's a fair bit of, I think, resolution building and stuff that we can throw out onto some players. We did this video last year as well, but we're going to go through each position just really quickly and kind of give people what we think they should work on for 2024. And if you guys have any other resolutions you want to throw out there for some players in 2024, leave them in the comments down below. And before we get to the resolutions, a quick word from Bet Online. The end of the year is near bars and that means the college football playoffs are set to begin very very soon the teams have not taken any time off likely in preparation for these bowl games just like bet online hasn't taken time off during the holiday season bet online has been delivering great holiday offerings throughout the month of december and that will continue into the new year as well as you all know the university of washington huskies are playing in the sugar bowl against the texas longhorns and if you wanted to place a bet on that game the place to do it is bet online whether it's a straight bet or you're setting up some crazy parlay with a college football playoffs, make sure to do it with Bet Online. They've got you covered with all the up-to-date sports wagering info and news available on mobile and desktop. And Bet Online is super accessible. And when you head over there to get into the action, make sure to use promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V for a 50% match on your first deposit. Remember, Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And Colton, I'm going to pass the baton over to you. What position would you like to start with in terms of who we're giving a resolution to right now? I mean, I feel like we'll just go, you know, around the horn, start with catcher, you know, position number, well, I guess two, two. but you know, sure. All right. Well, we'll go with pitchers at the end here, but yeah, start with catcher. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit of Cal Raleigh. Um, I don't, do you want to start? You want to give the first resolution? You want me to, for me, I'm just like, I think you would agree with this for a resolution for Cal. Just try and stay a little bit healthier. Keep, yeah. keep that thumb just in a in a straight jacket keep it just protected maybe not a straight jacket that's not the word as <laughs> as stable as it can be put it in like a pillow make sure it's got its own little like like when you're sleeping at night like get it its own little like pillow like it needs its own little rest area okay his his health i think is one of the probably second or third most important on the team in 2024 so cal just keep the thumb healthy. If I had to, I, I'm going to pick something a little bit different just because I don't want to say the same thing. Oh. I want Cal to just be a little bit more consistent from both sides of the plate. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we see Cal, he's been good. Don't get me wrong. We know he's probably going to hit 30 home runs again in 2024. I'd like to see him maybe bump his average up to like 240, 250-ish. You know, mm -hmm. it might be it might be raising the bar a little high. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think the end from the right side of the plate, I'd like to see Cal kind of take that next step into being more of an everyday guy from both sides. Where you don't necessarily, I mean, you don't need a platoon cow. You don't. No. But I would like to see a little bit more power out of his right-handed swing. And I think overall, I mean, Cal is a centerpiece for the future of this Mariners team. 
just like to see a little bit more out of him. Do you want to talk backups? You want to talk Sebi Zavala or do we not care? Don't care. I think All right, as far as starters, like it's going to be the starters. For Sebi Zavala, hit the baseball. I think that's pretty standard for a resolution for a lot of the backup guys. You know, fill your role properly as they will. We're moving over to first base with Ty France. And I think there's a pretty, it's going to be a pretty, like everyone's going to be in agreement on what a resolution for Ty in 2024 will look like. And it's just get back to your old self. Don't suck. Yeah, right? Get back before Sheldon Noisy ran into your arm, pretty much. Like, don't get beat by a lot of the, like, high pitches. Like, you know, he was getting beat a lot at the top of the zone. And it's just, you know, get back to what he was able to do in the past. I don't think that's too much to ask for for Ty. And if he's back to hitting 280 in 2024, you can, you know, check off that you had a successful New Year's resolution, you know, taken care of. Do you have anything you want to add on to Ty, or is it pretty much just that that simple? That, that, but I also just want to see him hit for some more power. I mean, we need to see the 20 to 23 home run guy again yeah. out of Ty France. What did he hit last year, 12? 12, yeah, yeah. Like, that can't happen if you're a first baseman, especially with how much he was struggling in other assets or parts aspects. of his game. Aspects, thank you, not assets. Parts of his game, aspects of his game. He wasn't getting on base as much as he was in the past. He wasn't making as much solid contact. If you're able to get Ty France back to becoming a right-handed power bat in the middle of your lineup, and don't get me wrong, he was never a guy that was going to hit 40 home runs. Yeah. But a guy that can hit 20-plus consistently would be a huge boost to this Mariners lineup. I'd like to see that out of Ty. But I think that a guy we really should talk about is Josh Rojas here because as we get to second base and third base for the Mariners, it's going to get pretty interesting. What are your thoughts on Josh Rojas? I think just continue what he did at the end of 2023. Like once he got settled in after the first couple of games there, I really liked what Rojas brought to the plate. You know, I mean, he prior to being injured a little bit in Arizona, he was a two to three win guy over there with the Diamondbacks. And I think that's really all you can ask for, for Josh Rojas. So it's going to be similar to Ty Francis, just kind of get back to what you once were is a steady force in a lineup, you're not going to be asked to do too much with guys like Julio Cal if Ty's back and, you know, other players like Garver as well. We'll get to that later. But yeah, I think Rojas, he just needs to be a stabilizing force for the bottom of the order to continue that line moving once you get down to like the seven, eight, nine spot in the lineup. And I think if I can get one thing out of Rojas, it's consistency against both kinds of both right and left-handed pitchers because yeah. I don't want to see so much of a platoon with Rojas as it sounds like we're going to. I mean, if we have to see, you know, Rojas and Caballero or what have you, so be it. But I would much rather be able to just have second base locked down by one guy and maybe platoon over at third base with Luis Urias. Yeah. I'm not sure which guy I trust more, if I trust Urias or if I trust Rojas more. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's still time for something to change prior to opening day. I think that if we can get Rojas in there, because I think he hit relatively okay versus lefties towards the very end of the year, did yeah. he not? Mm -hmm. No, yeah. he, was, he was hitting pretty well just overall. Yeah, and so if if he is more that guy, like you said, prior to his injury problems, if he's that two-win guy, that's a fantastic upgrade over Colton Wong over there at second base. And, you know, you still have Rojas for a few more years, and if he's able to bridge that gap until Ryan Bliss is ready, and who knows, of course, who knows what Bliss will be when yeah. and if he comes up. But if he's able to bridge that gap for Ryan Bliss, I think that is the perfect asset that we could get out of somebody like Josh Rojas. But a big one, Joe, is John Power Crawford. Oh, we're we're just going around the diamond, not the position. Okay, we're going to the oh. six hole. No, it's fine. No, no, no. It makes sense. It makes sense. You know, we're, we're completing the circle. We're not doing the weird thing that, for some reason, MLB position alignment does where 
third base is the fifth spot. Doesn't matter. Yeah. JP Crawford, I think honestly for me is just to stay. I I want to see his fielding improve because he's been good. Don't get me wrong, he's been serviceable. But I think if his bat, I don't I don't see the regression hitting his bat super hard. I want to make sure that he is still a very stable force over there defensively at short as well. And I think that's just something I want to see him work on. Is I don't know if it's like a stamina issue or if it's just like a consistent approach to ground balls or what have you. And don't worry, I'm not trying to slander JP in any way with his defense because he's great. It's just I think we, we've seen him win a gold glove in 2020. I want to see that level of expertise on with the glove again in 2024. For JP, at least for me, I need him to prove it. I need mm. him to prove that last year was not a fluke. And I'm not saying it was. I don't think it was. I think that what we saw from JP in 2023 is more what we're going to see from him in the future. I don't know if he's going to hit, you know, 20 home runs. But yeah. I think that JP Crawford, you know, an on-base threat at all times. A guy that hits the top of your order. He works counts. He takes his walks. I think that's what we're going to see out of JP Crawford. But as long as we can still see the consistent hard contact out of JP, then I think the Mariners are in a really, really good spot. And I don't see any reason why it won't happen. I mean, he he looks like a guy who completely changed his approach to the plate for the better. And I don't know why that would change in 2024. And if JP can just prove to me this coming year that last year was not a flash in the pan, that he can repeat that, then I think we're talking about a guy who can be an all-star, like a perennial all-star mm -hmm. at the shortstop position for years to come, even with guys like Bobby Witt in the league. Now, for Luis Arias over at third base, this is one that I don't really know what to think because he was not so great with the Red Sox, but he was also good with the 2021. He was good yeah, with, the, with the Brewers. With the Brewers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was pretty good with the Brewers in 2021 where he hit 20-plus home runs. And I think that... With Luis Urias, I just need him to be serviceable. I don't need him to be, you know, the greatest third baseman to ever live, but I need him to be at least replacement level. That's what I, that's my resolution for him. Be replacement level at the very least and still play some decent defense like we saw out of Gino in 2023. Yeah. Cause I mean, what we saw out of Gino was crazy defensively. But if, if Luis Urias can get back to hitting, I don't know, like what, what numbers do you want to see out of him? Honestly, like I would, would you be cool with like 250, like, 320 yeah so that that's a hard thing to like ask of a guy that just hasn't been healthy for mm -hmm. like a calendar year pretty much and whether or not he is you know out and i'm gonna say like off the team or what have you by may or june and then some other guy like bliss comes up and rojas moves over to third there's a lot of moving parts with the potential at second and third if things don't work out and i don't even want to project for luis urias in terms of stats i just want him to be healthy because I think that's the biggest thing for him coming to this year is make sure your legs are healthy. Make sure you are, I think, just grounded within yourself as a ball player. And if you can carry that confidence like, okay, I can trust my legs. Because that's been his problem is he just keeps injuring his legs. If those can, if you can trust those and just gain that confidence back, the team around you will allow you to kind of have some growing pains. And then figure out your role and figuring out like where you're at within the team. So I just, for me, honestly, just stay healthy because the moment he's injured, then it's like panic button. Like we've got Dylan Moore over there or we're calling up Ryan bliss, like immediately. Right. Uh... Like the depth is not super great. And so, you know, it's a guy that we're pretty dependent on at a position, I think to be healthy. So I don't have an yep. answer for you for stats. It's just like, okay, like, <laughs> like it could be, he could, I on it. Like you're saying, like 
you want him to be a replacement level league average bat i'm fine like a 100 to like 105 ops plus wrc plus whatever that's fine with me like he's not going to be a big like i don't expect him to be a big part in the lineup in terms of like the middle of the order so he's going to be another guy like rojas maybe like a little bit higher probably like in the six hole i could see and then rojas in seven eight or nine something like that just keep the line moving don't you know don't fall into the strikeout bugaboo that has plagued the mariners for you know last couple years and again just like like a league average bat will be fine who are you putting in left field? Are you putting Canzone? I think you have Marlo to go. In left field? I think you have to go Canzone because you probably want your better fielder out and right anyways. But yeah, for Dom, I don't know, man. You want you want to kick off Dom or you want me to roll with it? I want Dom Canzone to hit thirty home runs this year. Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> that's my resolution for Dom Canzone. Dom bombs, baby. Runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my real resolution is for him to just look capable up there versus left-handed pitching. Yeah. Because some of the swings that we got out of Dom Canzone last year were ugly. Mm-hmm. And I think that this guy, I mean, this is a guy that I'm very high on. Yeah. Personally. I don't think that he should have the starting job in left field. I think that it should still probably start out as more of a platoon. Yeah. But I think that this is a guy who his opposite his opposite field power is crazy, in my opinion. And I I made a video about the real reason the Mariners traded for him. And that was one of the things I talked about it was yeah. a guy that can smash the ball the other way. And you saw, you know, the home run off of the hit it here cafe, hit it here podcast. Oh my gosh, we're breaking the fourth wall. Oh. Um, but I think that he's a guy who right now I'm probably penciling in at like fifth or sixth in the lineup at yeah. this very moment. Yeah. And I, mean, I think it's, that that's Oh, that's true. Spot. That's a good point. He'd probably be above Luis Arias, huh? Yeah. Yeah. With how the lineup would be constructed. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think for me, my resolution, it's not going to be as, you know, as grand as 30 home runs. I know I don't think that's probably your, you know, it's not your real no, goal. My real one was look capable versus lefties. Yeah. It's going to be in that same way, similar to Jared in 2023 is win the job. My mm-hmm. resolution is for him to beat out the platoon allegations, become the starting left fielder for the Seattle Mariners. Because the moment that happens, that frees up so much, I think, space within your roster and like how you can navigate it if dom comes out and he blossoms into an everyday player you know a a tough lefty give him a seat you know have him ride the pine give him a day off rest his legs if he can turn into an everyday guy that's going to be huge for the Mm mariners in 2024 and it will start to show true the real value of what trading a reliever at their peak can get you if he does happen to turn out in the right way Mm -hmm. i mean dom canzone i feel like winning the Paul Seawall trade relies on him more than anyone. Yeah. I think that of between Bliss, Rojas, and Canzone, I think Canzone has the highest ceiling, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, Bliss is right there as well. But I think the guy who has the highest ceiling, but maybe he doesn't have the highest floor. I think probably Rojas has the highest floor. Yeah, because we've, we've seen him do it in the MLB right. before. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think that, you know, this this could be a year that we look at the Paul Seawall trade and say, oh, okay, like I see what the Mariners saw here. Or it could be a year where... We see Dustin Ackley 2.0 in left field. Yeah. Because his swing, now that I think about it, does kind of give me some Dustin Ackley PTSD. All right, let's move on to the big one. All right. You know what? No. Let's go to Cade Marlowe. <laughs> let's save Julio for the end. Let's save Julio for, for the next one. Yeah. 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 Cade Marlowe, who right now I feel like has to be penciled in as your starting right fielder. Him or Zach Deloach, but I'd probably give it to Marlowe right now as well. My resolution for Kate Marlowe is to cut down on the strikeouts slash don't suck. 
Don't suck part two. Don't suck <laughs> part two, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Kate Marlowe is a guy that he has all the you know defensive wizardry in the world, mm-hmm. but uh, he's a guy that he is tough to watch the plate when he's slumping. I mean, he's was running like a thirty percent strikeout rate, and like I don't know, Kate Marlowe should not be your starting right fielder. We I think everyone's in agreement on that. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, he is. That's what we're going to talk about. My, you know what? No, my resolution for Cade Marlowe is to be a bench guy. <laughs> what a what a turnaround for Cade Marlowe here from you. For me, I think it's going to be akin to the same idea of like being a bench guy. Do the best that you can in your role. If your role is just going to be the defensive outfielder that's starting against right-handed pitching because the platoon is there, go be the best version of that that you can be. Because that's all we can really ask for, for a guy that we have super low expectations for. And I think that, you know, if he goes out and plays great defense out in right field, and he's, you know, he's maybe he struggles every once in a while, but he runs into a ball like he did against Carlos Estet. Like, there's there's value in Cade Marlowe. It's just, if we, if he gets in his own head about his performance, that's going to immediately probably start to derail, like, his defensive abilities and, like, his actual value so just like be true to yourself for kate because like that's all he can like do for the marriage in 2024 my god that was so inspirational thank you so much i might i might cry uh julio rodriguez all right yep man this is tough for a guy who was what was he in mvp voting fourth i think fourth was he fourth Mm. fifth was he fourth i don't remember doesn't matter i know it's the two twin uh, the two twins, Jesus. The Whoa! two Rangers. And then obviously Shohei. Mm. Well, you look that up. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, what I want to see out of him, and my resolution for him is to play a season from start to finish consistently. I don't want to see Julio go through these deep, dark periods where he's one of the worst hitters in your lineup in 2024. Because there were times in 2023 where he looked that bad. And if it wasn't for the month of August, Julio would have had a really bad year. Like, the month of August propelled him into this MVP voting. And I think that what we saw out of Julio in 2023 was the growing pains of, you know, the the league starting to figure you out a little bit. And he eventually adjusted back. But I want to see that adjustment last an entire season, more so than, like, the latter third of the yeah. season from Julio. I think there is that, that fear that he is a warm-weather player starting to set in because... Struggle at the beginning of 2022. Obviously, that's his like debut, you know, beginning of his rookie year. So that's probably where you cut him some slack. If that continues again in 2024, because he struggled at the beginning of 2023, if that continues for 2024, then those the, the dark thoughts will soon return. Kind of a vibe. But for me, my resolution for Julio Rodriguez, we're gonna brush past it. Don't even bring it up. Honestly, dude, it's it's top three in MVP voting. That's my re- just finish top three. And, you know, okay. it's it's the same thing that you're saying, just a different way to, like, value it. Because you're saying finish, this, you know, start to finish the season. If right. he did that in 2023, he's probably top three in MVP voting. Yeah. Because he did finish fourth behind Marcus Semien, who got third. And he plays the head of Kyle Tucker. Both guys had phenomenal seasons, right? So, Julio, finished top three. I was going to be bold and just say win the MVP. But I kind of I, I I back down. Let's talk about Mitchell Garver really quick. By the way, guys, he is still he's a part of the Mariners. That was not a fever dream. Designated hitter for the Seattle Mariners. I feel like you and I are going to have the exact same one because want, how could we not? You want to say it on on three? 
Yeah, I'll try to say it a little before because the countdown is not going to be even. Sure. Go ahead. Okay, right. One, two, three. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. I, please just don't just play 120 plus games mm-hmm. for the love of God. Because if you do, you are probably an all-star. And he's shown that throughout his career. When he has been healthy, he's been damn good. It's just getting this dude healthy is seemingly impossible. And if Mitch Garver can stay healthy, he is going to be a force in the middle of that lineup that I think, you know, you probably have him hitting in the four spot right now, in my opinion. And then I think that as your everyday DH, that's what you need to see out of him. So moving on to the bullpen, where do you want to start with the bullpen? You just want to do like a whole thing or like, I think let's talk about like, let's talk about like Munoz brash. And then we'll just talk about like, you know, maybe we'll pick a, we'll both pick a guy, you know, how about who do you want? You want brash or Munoz? I'll take brash. All right, I'll take Munoz. I'll start Munoz. I just need him to be consistent. So I want, I need him. No, you know what? No, I need him to become the lockdown guy. I need Andres Munoz. His New Year's resolution needs to be to be a top five reliever in baseball. Thoughts? I mean, I'm right there with you. He's a guy. He has the stuff. No, he has the stuff. And I don't want to say the spot is open, but it's it's been missing since they traded Paul Seawald, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And albeit the the bullpen was just fine after they traded him but like you can tell each time there's someone out there like there's there's not that aura like that we had with Paul on the mound it felt like you know what i mean like not not the lockdown yeah. guy right yeah yeah and, sure and for me my resolution for Matt Brash is to go become the lockdown guy i'm just kidding <laughs> Wow. It's a competition. No, for Matt Brash, I honestly, dude, just stop walking people. Just trust that you've got some of the most elite stuff in the MLB every single time you're on the mount. And I know it's not that easy because I'm sitting here and not standing on a pitcher's (laughs) mount throwing (laughs) sliders with 18 like feet or feet. Jesus, 18 inches of horizontal run and 101 up at your chin. But like trust that you are. Like, you're the slider god for a reason. I think if he can work, like, figure out how to maintain his confidence on the mound, the command is just going to go with that as well. Like, it's it's going to go hand in hand. So for Brash, just know that you're that guy, basically. Mm-hmm. So for the bullpen as a whole, what do you think? Just consistency? It's got to be, right? Because, I mean, as far as the Mariners' bullpen in 2023, it was good for the most part. There's a lot of I mean, kind of, like, revolving doors for guys and guys that stepped up big like for me Prelander Baroa I think you want to see it take a big step forward because we haven't really seen him and I think him maybe filling out like the Isaiah Campbell role of like a fifth sixth inning guy trying to get his you know feet settled in but aside from that like you just want Topa and Spire to not be one hit wonders Saucedo to not be one hit wonders and you'll be good to go so long as you've got like Brash and Munoz being who they should be and that takes us to the rotation let's start with brian Wu. i think that for Wu, i just want to see him go out there and finish a full season i want to see him with the big league club the whole year i want to see him go from start to finish because he's had a lot of injury problems in his past when he was in the minors and i just want to see him go out there finish a full season throw 140 150 innings from brian Wu. i think would be a big boost to this mariners rotation as long as brian Wu can stay healthy i think the Mariners rotation is going to be in a really good spot then on to bryce miller it's got to be working on his secondary pitching. Like, mm. he's currently working on the splitter in the offseason, which is great. I think if you develop that off speed, and then he's shown glimpses of a breaking ball, right? A little bit. To pair with the fastball that's already so well-developed and so elite in, like, specific moments, that's just going to elevate his game 
to like the just the nth degree like he will take a huge step forward if that secondary stuff comes into play we saw how it affected logan gilbert in 2023 when he developed his secondary stuff and that leads us into that'll lead us into logan gilbert but first i do want to say for bryce miller my resolution for him is to be pitching for the tampa bay rays um anyway so for logan gilbert i want to see him blossom into what would be an ace on a lot of other team staffs like he was pretty he he had a pretty rough start to 2023 he was not great if i remember correctly and i think that if logan gilbert from start to finish from wire to wire can be the guy that he was there in that final stretch for the seattle mariners he is a Cy Young contender. Obviously, we know that Kirby and Castillo are guys that could be Cy Young contenders. I think that Gilbert can be right there. I think that his stuff is some of the best in the league, and he's good, but he's not great, in my opinion. And I need, I don't need, I want to see him. My New Year's resolution for him is to become great. I think that he has the stuff to do it. And I think that pitching, I, I, I think that if he takes that next step, well, we saw like the Mariners have like, what was it? Like the fifth rated yeah. best rotation or something stupid. If he takes that step along with everything else, Mariners are number one by far. I think they're number one by far anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think that if that happens, the rest of the league will take notice. I mean, it really is a three-headed monster at the top of the rotation. Like you're, you're not getting a day off if you catch the Mariners with those three guys in a three-game set. Like truly. And I'm going to go to Luis Castillo. I'm going to switch up. Yeah, because that that for me tells us what are both of our resolutions are for George Kirby. The fact that I'm going to Luis Castillo right now is just to be the rock, be what he has been for the Mariners since we acquired him. You know, he was at the top of that pitching staff when we acquired him in 2022, 2023. I think he did that the entire season, fell up short a little bit, but you're going to have some hiccups. So don't let how the, the season ended affect you going into 2024 because Luis Castillo is still going to be a Cy Young contender in 2024 no matter what in my opinion like he still has that stuff so just continue to be who you were in 2023 and everything will be great because the guy that you had behind you I think is now going to ascend my new year's resolution for George Kirby because Joe is telling me it needs to be is for him to win the Cy Young correct Correct. <laughs> I think that George Kirby is one of the best pitchers in the league. He's healthy and he goes out there and nobody wants to face him. You know, he can locate. He's not going to walk a bunch of guys. Honestly, my new year's resolution might be for George to walk a few more guys. So he doesn't get hit around as much. So he doesn't get hit around as much because yeah. everyone knows he's going to be in the zone. So maybe seeing George out of the zone a little bit, not, I'm not talking all the time, but every once in a while, stop nibbling so much. It kind of maybe go a little like an inch out, you mm-hmm. know? So guys maybe chase a little bit more might be what I need to see from George Kirby. But I mean, overall, it's just win Cy Young. That's my news resolution for him. And I it might it may seem like a tall task, but I think if anyone can do it, it is George. I wholeheartedly agree. Good. So what was your favorite moment this year, Joe? My favorite moment in 2023, I said in our last live stream of the year that it was Tom Murphy's go-ahead home run against the Rays in that series at the end of June, early July. Because we were there, you know, a lot of good vibes, but... I think for me, it's JP's walk-off against the Rangers towards the end of the year. Like, because I was reacting to it live because it was my task to record the the post-game recap. And I chose to to do it a little differently, just like for whatever reason. And it ended up being the perfect game to react to towards the end of the year. So JP's walk-off to keep the season alive, I think that's a pretty sound answer for me. 
Mine has to be the win over the Royals on August 26th, 27th, Seven. whatever day that was. Mm-hmm. And um, we were all sitting out in the J-Rod squad for the Mariner Mojo meetup with a bunch of you guys. And the Mariners won that game to take over sole possession of first place. It was mm. such a cool moment. I, I, I really enjoyed hanging out with everybody and, you know, just watching the team that we all love, the team that we're covering right this very second propel themselves in their first place the vibes were immaculate it just felt like they were going to go on this magical run obviously they didn't but it was in august when things were going so freaking well yeah for the mariners it just everything was amazing and that the euphoria of just seeing the mariners flag be in first place was just it was it was it just hit different i think a good runner-up would probably be like the teoscar hernandez walk off against the uh against the blue jays yeah i was screaming my head off Mm because it just felt right you know Mm -hmm. but i got i gotta go with that win over the royals you know i kind of forgot about the fact that it put them into first place like that Mm -hmm. is that elevates that so so much and just a lot of things along with that game you know i mean for those of you that were there you guys remember the the sunscreen incident mm-hmm. um, or the ice cream dripping everywhere and just yeah, meeting you, a lot of you guys. You guys, cool. you missed like two and a half innings yeah. for some ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it took forever. It was the longest ice cream line of my life, but it felt nice to get out of the sun. As for our favorite videos of the year, I have a couple that I want to mention here because I've really, really enjoyed making the spring training coverage one, the behind the scenes of spring training. Mm-hmm. and. It's interesting because the the videos that Joe and I are going to pick, they didn't do well, that they were really fun to record and we really enjoyed recording them. So I would love to do something like that again, even if I know it won't do very well. It's just so much fun to record live content like that. Or when we did the trivia, we did trivia at the Mariners game asking fans, you know, Mm -hmm. hey, who, what, who hit the walk off home run to send their playoffs, what have you. That was another fun video. And then, of course, the one at the party at the pier that I did. When I went down there and met Harold Reynolds and Cal Raleigh was also very cool. So Joe, what was yours? I, I went actually a different route. My original pick was, you know, the live one that I did with the Modesto nuts uh, playoff game that I just decided to, I was just going to go. And it was great. Obviously, you know, seeing Lazaro Montez, Ty Pete got to see Johnny Farmello. Like it was, it was cool, right? It, it was really cool. Got to see his first ever professional home run in person, which was really sick, but my favorite video that I made in 2023 was actually the sign Jung-Hoo Lee video. Mm. I really enjoyed the research that I did behind that one. And it kind of all came together in a very nice way. And I felt, I felt, I felt very proud about how that one ended up turning out. So mm. that's actually my pick for my favorite video of the year. Yeah. I mean, even though the Mariners didn't sign Lee, that was a very, very good video. I know that we weren't going to do it, but what was your favorite thumbnail? My, I mean, I, I said it in the, you know, the, the, the load, what's what, what the break room, <laughs> I guess, before we start recording, <laughs> is that what we call it? The break room? Like, like what are you talking about? Yeah, the, sure. We'll the, call it the break, the room. green room. I think is what they call it in, in film. Um, my JP Crawford is the most underrated shortstop in baseball. That thumbnail where it just says leader in like white, kind of like fluorescent lights. And he represents the a, it just, it was such an easy thumbnail to make because it's just a black sky. But like the way it all came together, I felt it was, it just ended up being so perfect. My favorite was definitely around the trade deadline when I was like, should the Mariners buy or sell? And I had a picture of Shohei Otani in a Mariners uniform and then a picture of Julio Rodriguez in a Pirates uniform. Yeah, that was, that was certainly a thumbnail of all time on that one. (laughs) (laughs) That one I thought was so funny. But no, seriously, guys, we greatly appreciate you guys coming along with us in 2023. It's just the start. I mean, this is the first full year that we were able to do something like this and Mm -hmm. 2024. 
is going to be a big one for us. We'll definitely have some more Mojo meetups and try to interact with you guys a bit more and find new cool ways to do that. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for everything that you guys did for us in 2023. And 2024, we're going to get after it. We appreciate you guys watching episode 48 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online and Go Mariners.